So I challenge you, honey. She ain't even looking at me. <laughs> ain't nobody else's name is Honey up here. All right, let me um, let me pray. No, baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna speak. Let me pray, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. We thank you that you have chosen tonight to be your night. We thank you that today is your day. We ask that uh, you come forth through the Holy Spirit, um, through your divine soul, which is Jesus, and through your divine heart, which Jesus has. Speak your oracles tonight, Lord. Let everyone here be touched. Let everyone here have an experience with you, God, that when they're done here, they'll never walk the same, they'll never speak the same again, and you'll have a place in their heart that they've never had before. We thank you that you are alive and well, and that your word is sharp and powerful, and that it pierces the division between the soul and the spirit, and that it brings our soul under submission and into agreement of what the spirit is, which is the will of God, which is the word of God. And we thank you that you have brought forth your word to heal us, Lord. So we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the honor, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right. There's my water. Oh, we got another one coming in. It's my dude. Um, I want to talk about faith tonight. What's up, C? Jordan? Um, I've been kind of in Romans and Roman talks about a few different things. And, uh, I know one thing Roman talks about is grace, but God kind of has me in faith right now. And I got a revealed word maybe a month ago, which is Romans 4, 16, the title, if you want to go there in the King, new King James version. Um, but it's talking about the promise and a lot of us have promises that God has given us who has promises have you heard have you heard God speak to you promises? Do you believe that God has promises for you? Hallelujah. Oh, that's my guy. We're in the game. Um, but uh God's been on me about this because I believe God wants to perform this word. And he won't let me off this word until I see the manifestation of the word. So this is the word. It says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So these promises God has given us or spoken to us that we haven't seen manifest before, um, we can only acquire those things through faith. And God has really worked on that with me because I grew up in a world where if you worked, you could achieve the the benefit of your works. So if I go to school and I work hard in school or if I cheat, I can obtain those things, you know. Um, if I work at a job, I'm going to get a wage, things like that. You know, if I uh, treat a woman well, you know, one day I can marry her. But these promises we have, God said we can only acquire them by faith. So there's two things I want to point out here. It says that it might be according to grace. Grace is, and these are two things that I pulled out, is God's handiwork in your life. That's what grace is. People say grace is God's unmerited favor. Yes, it is. But when you decide to go in God, there's a grace that comes on your life 
where God has control because you've given him control. And that's his handiwork in your life. That's his handiwork in his life, in your life. Okay. So that means God will be rearranging and placing things for his benefit in your life for you to see the promises to come to pass. And then I also say it's divine intervention. That's what grace is. Divine intervention, not the divine intervention that gets you out of trouble. Because there is a divine intervention. That's actually called mercy. Um, But divine intervention, the grace, that divine intervention is to propel you and keep you on track with God. And to keep grace flowing. That's divine intervention. So that's grace. And then I have here, the next one is, so that the promise might be sure. Now, when I was reading that, how many times have we worked ourselves to obtain promises? So, we, you know, for me, it was basketball was my thing, man. I worked hard. I was in the gym constantly with sports. Um, and I saw the, the fruit of that. You know, I became one of the best athletes, you know, of my peers and stuff like that. But it wasn't sure. And what I mean by that, it wasn't everlasting because I put my works into it. Don't mean I didn't have God in it, but I didn't put him first. Because God was absolutely in it, but he was never first. So when we put God first through grace, and we allow him to bring us the promises, whether it's a mate, whether it's a school degree, whether it's, you know, finances, whatever the case may be, debt freeness, that's what me and uh, my family is on. We're trying to be debt free. God's going to do it through faith. And if God And if God does it, it's a sure thing, which means we can never go back and it can never come back on us. It's a sure thing. Okay. Yes. Um. God's handiwork. It'll be on the CD. Um. So when God does it through His grace, His handiwork, and His divine intervention, it's a sure thing. We don't have to go back. We can receive, knowing that He'll never take it away. Okay. Praise the Lord. How can we strengthen our faith? Okay. Thinking positive. Uh, can, can you give me Romans 4, 20 through 22? So my goal was this year was that I would read God's word. And every time I had a revealed word, a Rima word, which means the word would pop off the page or I hear a word and it would hit me. I would stay on that word until God released me from that word. So Romans 4, 16 was it. But in your revealing of the word, when you meditate on it, God may bring you to other scriptures. Um, And this is kind of what I got when it came to faith, because we're believing for uh, major things. We all are believing for major things. You know, we want to be free, not just from finance. We want to be free from people. We want to be free from the demonic influence in our soul. We want salvation. And God can do it in an instant. But why hasn't God done it? Maybe it is done. But why haven't we received it? Why haven't we kept it? Why haven't we, you know, got access to it? All right. It says he did not waver at the promise of God. This is Abraham through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, what he Jesus, God, had promised, was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay, so my question was, how, do, how can we strengthen our faith? If Abraham is an example of faith, it says here, he did not waver at the promise, meaning God spoke to him, 
That's my brother and sister right there. Oh, Lord. Um, meaning, God spoke directly to him. You know what his promise was? That his descendants would be as many as the stars. Um, and Sarah's promise was to have an offspring. Um, but he didn't waver at the promise. Meaning that he was going to receive God's word and hold firm to that and never let it go. So even though he, he erred when he went into bed with the, the, his wife's, yeah, Hagar, with his wife's servant, he still held firm to his promise. And how many times do we know that we can mess up and God still brings us the thing that we always wanted? He's done that many times in my life. And I always say this, man, this woman here, I don't deserve. Tori, I don't deserve her. That is literally God's grace in my life. Um, and it was not by my works because my works would have destroyed it. That's the truth. Um, but even when I was in my madness, God had grace upon me. And Tori saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself, which allowed her to hold on to it, which was faith. So she had faith in something which she saw me, which was really God's spirit. That's what she really saw. And every woman wants to have a man that's godly. That is just what it is. Every woman wants a godly man. That's how it goes. And every woman can really see the potential in a man. And if she hears from God, she can help elevate that man to what God wants him to be. That's the truth. Okay. So here are my points. So we can strengthen our faith in God by not wavering at the promise. Why don't we just receive it and go along with it? Why don't we just allow God to be God? He's going to give us our promise. Let's not try to intervene and do things on our own. That's the truth. If we can hold on to that, God can do it a lot faster than if, if we don't get our sticky hands into it, you know? The next one is give glory to God. That word is going to be tested. Whatever the promise is, and everything's going to look contrary to that. God has to remove any ounce of doubt that could possibly be in your soul. Because you have to trust God like no other. You have to really believe God and believe that he wants to do it. You know, so if you receive the word, know it's going to be challenged and know God wants to do it. But the challenging portion is for your soul. It's to have true belief in him. And then the third one I have is be fully convinced God is able to perform his promise. That means you just get rid of all idea about you doing it yourself. Be fully convinced that God's going to do what he promised you. And God to give you the faith to believe him. And last time I spoke about faith, the ways you can acquire faith or your faith is built is through hearing the word, through testimony, and through um, hearing the word, testimony, and through teachings. That's how, that's how your faith gets built. So hearing the word, know how faith comes. I'm sorry. Faith comes by hearing the word and hearing the word of God. But these are the three that I pointed out. It was hearing the word. So I say you should read the word out loud, the Bible. You hear your own voice, and your voice, you naturally trust your voice. You naturally trust your own voice. So if you read the word, it's building faith in you. You can read, listen to, like the Bible app, you can play the Bible app. Listen to that. So that's, that's one way to hear. And then testimonies. So what something God has done in somebody else's life, he'll do it for your life. That'll help build your faith. And then teachings. Teachings is an area where you need uh, deliverance, wholeness, all these different things. So if you need help on hearing the voice of God, I will look up every teaching on how to hear the voice of God, things like that. Okay, so that's how uh, you can get faith. But just believe God can give you the faith for whatever he's promised you. 
You don't have to conjure this stuff up. And that's when we get into our own works, believing that I have to step in and do something so God can do something for me. I always uh, laughed when I first started coming here. I wanted to fast, and it was Christmas time. And um, I was like, I want God to do something extreme to me, so I'm going to do something extreme for him. I fasted like three days before Christmas. Like, it maybe a whole week I was fasting. And um, I was in so much pain for fasting. But I was like, man, if, 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 I want something, if I want God to do something extreme for me, I got to do something extreme for him. I'm not saying that you shouldn't fast, but where are our, where are our motives? You know what I'm saying? So I was expecting a lot of different things. And uh, I remember Tori just coming one time. She was like, babe, I don't know you should, if you should look like this if God asked you to fast. I was in pain. I was hurting. Everybody was eating good Christmas dinner. But it had the best looking red velvet cake I've ever seen in my life. And I packed up all this food. <laughs> Afterwards, I said, I'm going to eat when I come off this fast. And uh, I packed up like four or five different plates. And um, I was in works, man, trying to get God to do something. When he said he already do it just because he loves me, you know. All right. The next point I have is uh, become righteous in the sight of God. Can you give me Romans 4, 3 through 5? And we're almost done. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. This is a couple of things. Scripture says that because Abraham believed God, it was accounted him for righteousness. So right then, because he believed on God, he was considered righteous in the sight of God. And here's the thing I was just talking about works. It says, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Sometimes we can do things and we want things in return. We're actually putting people or a circumstance in debt to us. Whereas if we do them before God, it can be counted as grace. You got to get the mindset that I'm not in here to perform for God in a sense or to work for God. We're to work beside God. And it says, but to him who does not work, which can sometimes be contrary to your soul. God may have you in a period where you're actually not doing anything, but literally trusting God. And that's it. And he's building you up in a place where you never thought you need to be built up. But in that, he's delivering you from something which most of the time is yourself. And you're you're beginning to rely solely on him. And it says, believes on him. Jesus justifies the ungodly which is so honest, which is so awesome. This is, I was reading, I don't know if it's in Romans, but it says one may die for a righteous man and another may die for a good man, but for someone to die for a sinner. You can, I, can't, I can't even fathom that. So a good man may, somebody may die for a good man and another person may die for a righteous, like a really good dude, but for someone to come and die for us when we were like at our worst, at our ugliest, Man, that's grace. That's really love. We can't even fathom that. You know, I think about how the president or presidents, they have this, uh, this, these people that stand around them, I forget what you call them, but to protect them, you know, and they'll, they're supposed to lay down their life. But he may not even be a righteous, I mean, he may be a righteous dude. You know what I'm saying? But God came when I was completely lost. And if it was just me, that's what everybody says. Even if it was just me, God would come. 
He would have sent Jesus just for me. So in that, it shows me that God can justify anybody. Jesus can justify anybody. We just got to believe in him. And in that belief, we become justified. Outside of that belief, we're not justified. We're just on the wayside or we're with the ways of the world and we're perishing unknowingly. And, you know, sometimes Satan allows us to be exalted in the world, which is an ugly thing because um, when you are exalted, sometimes you don't see your need for God. And then that is deception. And that deception is leading to your utter destruction. It's bringing you all the way pretty much down to yourself. And if you don't choose God in those times, that's when um, basically it can get really ugly. And the word says, blessed is the man whom you choose and causes to, um, and causes to come near. Which means God will use a circumstance to allow you to come near to him. And in that, if you choose God, you will be blessed. That's what it is. So we need to become righteous in the sight of God. And it says here, through faith, because he believed, it was accounted for him as righteousness, which is Abraham. And Abraham is our father. You have Abraham, who is the father through faith and through the law. Okay? Faith, and when I say the law, I mean the blood. So you have the Jewish religion who believes on Abraham, and he's their father. But you have us who are Christians who believe in him, and we're, we're his heirs, we're his seed through faith. And do we know what the promise that God, another promise that God gave Abraham was that he shall inherit the world. Him and his offspring shall inherit the world. So as a seed, an offspring of Abraham, we have the ability to inherit the world. That means everything that's in it belongs to us, but not for our glory, for God's glory. We got to read this word. We got to know what is entitled to us, especially when you come into God. I have a word that says, don't be foolish. Can you give me Galatians 3, 1 through 14? Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly, clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive a spirit by the works of the law? Or by hearing of faith. So how did you come to God? Is it because of somebody because of, you know, works of something? Or is it because you heard and what you heard connected with your spirit? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Which is what we do all the time in God. God will give us a word and we start working that word to try to perfect it. That's what we do. But it started in the spirit and we put our own hands to it out of God's will. and We make things messy. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. How many of us suffered a lot of things in vain? Making our own decisions, thinking that we're doing what God asks us to. Therefore, yes. Oh, <laughs> therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Does he not? Does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? You got to remember the law was in place to expose sin, but no one could uphold the law. So he sent Jesus. When he sent Jesus, Jesus fulfilled the law so that we may come to God through grace and not through our works, our performance of adhering to the law. So when a person comes, he cannot do it through the law because he'll fail every time, but he can do it through faith. 
Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Again, well, you know, we are accounted righteous through our belief in God, our faith in God. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now we'll go to this. Your belief in Christ tags you as a son of Abraham. That's what it does when you're not in the Jewish faith. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you, all nations shall be blessed. And that is so beautiful. Because as we come into Abraham and as we come into Jesus and we have and we're a seed of Abraham. We shall bless other nations because of what's in us. And we're going to come to that scripture again or to another scripture that's similar to that. But I think, isn't that an honor that God would choose us to be go before all the world and proclaim the good news? So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. If blessed means happy, prosperous, and to be envied. For as many are as are of the works of the law are under the curse. What is written, curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. Meaning if you hold on to the law, you have to do everything in it. And if you miss one thing, you will fail. The whole law, all of it. So if you mess up in one thing, the whole is basically you failed in the whole law. That's why they can never get it right. But and that's why when I'm talking or if I meet with somebody and they're strict to white and black, you know, wrong and right, I say, man, you're holding them to the law. Meaning like they could do one thing wrong and it's like it's a, everything is just bad in their life. But God came for grace. So in this, curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. We can't get stuck on the law. We have to get stuck on grace. We got to get stuck on that. God has already fulfilled the law and in him we are made righteous. And when we repent, we ask for forgiveness. Um, it says he is faithful and just to forgive us. And then that's it. We got to continue walking towards him. But that no one is justified by the law and the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. So if you want to be just in the sight of God, you must live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does not, who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Don't be fooled. I believe some are going to come when God gives you a word. And you know when God gives you a word because it changes you. It really it immediately questions your thought process. But you receive it because you know it's from God. And in that, there's going to be trials. And in those trials, people are going to basically get you off track with God, saying that can't be God. God once said it to you, look at your life, you know, all these different circumstances, all these different reasons why it's not God. But that is a clear indication of why it is God. And um, you can't be foolish. You have to know what you receive from God and then meditate on that and find every scripture that goes along with that promise and confess that. The next thing I have is what relationship do you have with God? And that's a tough question to ask. Are we just people that kind of hear about Jesus in, in the passing? Are we somebody that, you know, seek him, you know, every once in a while, maybe every Sunday or, you know, once a week, twice a month? 
Are we those who some people that diligently seek God on a daily basis, like we have a relationship with Jesus? Are we those that have intimacy with God? We're spending almost every week. We, want, we can't do anything without God. We want to do everything with him. Or do we have a friendship, somebody we can confide in, talk to, share our deepest, darkest secrets? Can you give me James 2.23? I'm almost done. <laughs> she funny. Whatever, go. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. He got close to God, close enough to be called a friend of God. And if you're a friend of somebody, pretty much that's saying you trust them. Is, are we really friends of God? That's a real question. I know my friends, I want to talk to them. I want to hang out with them, you know, eat wings with them. <laughs> I want to do a whole bunch of stuff. But are we really friends with God? Do we really have, you know, a relationship? That's what I really want to challenge. Because in intimacy, you put that person before everything. That's the wildest part. So if you're not putting God before everything, we can already just eliminate that you have intimacy with him. You know? That's tough, but that's just where we are. And in friendship, we can say we have a friend, but not spend time with them. So with friends, you want to spend time with your friends. They make you feel good. They comfort you. They say the right things at the right times. You know what's funny? In a friendship, you talk to the person and they talk back to you. So are we in a place where we can speak to God and he speaks back to us? Immediately? I believe so. I believe you can get to their word. You having a casual conversation. How, you, how's, how are things going today, Jesus, for you? How are you feeling? I'm thinking about his heart. Have you thought about his heart? What's on his heart? That's a good question. You may want to put that mindset on when you go places. It says your gift makes room for you. You can't imagine what favor Tori and I walk in when we're in a marketplace just because we put God first. We acknowledge him in so many things. And it's not to be boastful, but I know what God did in my life. I was telling somebody today, <laughs> I just, nobody knew what was going on in this, in this temple, in this soul here. You know, because a lot of us have a gift to put on a facade saying everything is okay, but on the inside we're dying. We're deteriorating. I was good at doing that. And I was telling, I said, I know, I know Jesus is real. I know God is real. Because what happened in my mind, nobody knew. I never gave anybody a hint how I was dying on the inside. Do you get what I'm saying? And in that, when he changed me, I was able to say, wow, this is a God that is unseen, but is real to me. You know? And you can get to the place where you can see God. You know what the word says? You know how you can see God? Huh? I think you know. You want to go? Well, it's, it's through um, keeping his commandments. He said, he revealed my, me and my father reveal ourselves to you if you keep his commandments. That's my biggest thing. Don't you want to stare face to face with Jesus? That'd be pretty awesome. And when Moses got close to God, he had to wear a veil because the glory was so bright on him. Don't you want to go places? It's like, oh, man, I can't, I can't look at you, dude. But you know it's God. You know, God can be in your voice, too. He can be your presence. And every time when you go around somebody, you don't know why, but they're weeping or they got so much joy. That's what we want to produce in God. 
You just want to go to a place and be who you are and watch people be changed. I ain't got to work this thing up. It's in me now. All I got to do is show up. And if he speaks, we speak. If he don't, we don't. And that's the bottom line to it. That's what Jesus did. He never conjured nothing up on his own. He just went and did as the Father told him. So we must submit our days to him too. What am I to do today? Now, if you have work, I'm not saying don't go to work, but how can I incorporate Jesus in my day? How can I incorporate God in my workplace? Without being um, <laughs> one of those people, you know, knocking the door every year you know, on the weekends, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You know, you don't have to do that. I think God is coming in a new way. I think he's showing himself to people through miracles, signs, and wonders. So God, if he wants to talk to somebody, you'll give them a word of knowledge. And they'll be like, how, you don't even know me. How do you know that? Yeah. And then in that, that's, that's how the doors open up. It's not me pursuing them. God will open it up. He'll show you. He'll tell you exactly what to say. You won't be amazed when we get close to people and when you pray what God will show you. It's like in an instant. He'll show you exactly what to say. It's either a picture or he'll say it in your heart or you'll hear it. And you're like, well, I'm not going to say that. What? How could I say that? And then you just, he'll give you a way to say it and he'll just look at you like, Okay, and then maybe they'll start pouring out of their heart what is to be said. That needs to be said for them to receive a healing, deliverance, whatever the case would be. But you have to be willing to do that. And you can do that through intimacy, relationship, and friendship with God. You can't do it being a fly-by-night guy that's showing up on Sundays. You can't. God is an everyday God. He's an every-moment God. You can really, I was telling Tori because I thought she was going to speak. I said, why don't you just... Like, sit and listen about what God may want you to speak on. That means you don't have to go into worship. You should. You don't mean you have to read in the word, but really just listen. He may just say one verse. Or he may say something and you research it. It might be a verse. It might not be a verse or maybe close to a verse. And then you can go off of that. What you have to do is you have to fill this temple, this soul with a word bank. So when we come into God, we get excited for the Lord. But we don't know what other steps to take. You have to fill your word bank. When you, when you receive Christ in your heart, it says the word is already written on your spirit. It's, on, it's already written on your heart. So this knows everything already, but this don't know nothing. It says old things have passed away, all things have become new. So you're like a baby. So you have to learn. So in learning that, you have to read. And I believe going through the Bible, and I say start at Matthew and go through the New Testament and then start a, a program to read so you're reading the word. But you're just filling your word bank in your soul. And for the opportune time, the Holy Spirit bring it back to your remembrance. But you have to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. You do. We can't sit and just wait to hear it from somebody else. You got to pursue truth for yourself. What do you got, babe? You sure? Talking about that. Todd wanted me to teach too. But um, when I was in worship, pretty much. I kept hearing the Lord say transformation, which was super amazing because I love transformation. I mean, seriously, I believe we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be able to have an intimacy with him if we didn't, if we weren't transformed. Like, it's just not going to happen. If we're still thinking our old ways, how could we yeah. start? You know what I mean? And so I think he started transforming us, and that's how we were able to build that relationship um, which is so beautiful. I mean, just in, and he's continuously doing it every day. Just not too long ago, Chris, he always used to tell me about like kind of being kind of careful with. I don't want to say my friendship with guys, but kind of being 
super friendly, like, hey, it's okay if you have my number, like, you're my friend, whatever. Or, you know, just anything yeah. dealing with guys, I was kind of like, I know my heart. I know what I don't want to do. You know, I'm a grown-up. I'm not a baby. I don't want you to try to control me. <laughs> and <laughs> he used to tell me that I just really didn't get it. I'm like, I can have guy friends. Nothing is wrong with that. Um, but then I heard this teaching on the radio, and the Lord did it right then and right there. Like, it stuck in my heart, and it was like, oh, my gosh, I get it now. And I went home and telling him, and I was like, I get it, baby. We have to set boundaries. We just can't give the enemy any room to try to creep in. And so it was more than what I was trying to feel in those moments. But I didn't see it then. But the Lord transformed me. He transformed my mind his way, not Chris's way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he was planting seeds. That's what it was, man. And that's all he did. But God will do it. And um, I don't know. I just kept, I heard it like three times. I heard it the whole time I was in worship. Transformation, transformation. So I'm just believing that that means some people are going to be transformed. That's in this building tonight. That just right now. now. Give her the mic. She need a mic. Okay, let me get to the text. I texted Lee this morning when I came out of worship, right? Oh, gosh. I can't believe this. I Look, I said, that was this morning at 9.33. I am transformed day by day in God, taking it one day at a time. Yeah, so I praise God. That just like excited me because I know I heard from God this morning. Yeah, yeah sure. we hearing. It was awesome. I love being transformed. Every day I'm like, the new day of transformation going on. Okay. It's like you want to die to yourself. Like it's not fun being my fleshly self. Like I want to be like him. I want to go around and love the world. And I can't wait till I'm fully submerged in his love and yeah. just able to I don't know. Look at people like he looks at us. You know what I mean? Like, that's absolutely just beautiful. I don't know how to explain it. But, oh, and last night, or it wasn't last night. I don't know why I have this because I don't need it. But one way that I started my intimacy with Lord, and y'all probably already do this, I write letters to him. Like, he's my daddy because he is my daddy. daddy. And it's absolutely the best thing ever. I get everything off my chest. And I just write him like I'm his little girl. And we just... Whatever is on my heart, especially if it's something heavy, and I just want to, let me see, make sure this isn't, <laughs> like, what's in this? Okay. I'll just. <laughs> yeah, let me, let, let me look at that. Let me see what's in that, babe. You talking about me? No, okay. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeling anxious or worried or frustrated, even when I'm happy, you know, I just write to him and I just encourage everybody, if you don't already, like really write letters to him and it's cool because you can date it and you can go back and you can see the growth. Yeah, You can see your growth. I mean, I remember I used to write letters about why am I so frustrated? Can you please help me like not be so frustrated with this yeah. man? For real, Todd, you, I mean, you probably experienced it the most, us going out to eat and I'm just like, my head is about to blow up because... Well, I was yeah. 100% God. Yeah, and I just couldn't I mean, get it. Sense. I wasn't tagging along as fast as I wanted to, and so I was frustrated, and I didn't know why I was frustrated. But God did it, and he did it in his timing, and it was perfect because, I, I mean, it was a way for me to see what things I needed to work on on paper, and I think there is something in writing. But, like, this is one of my letters. I'm just read it. It says, Lord, I simply want to say I thank you for being who you are, my daddy, my one true God the Father, that I will never that will never hurt me or leave me alone. You are so good to me, and my words sometimes don't seem like enough to thank you. This is one main reason why I love worship, because it is an expression of how yeah. honored I am to be in your presence. I thank you for always loving and always caring. 
You are the best father a girl could ever ask for. I want to be just like you, Daddy. I look up to you so much, and I'm amazed daily at the love you have for me and your people. I thank you for correction and growth. I thank you for your peace and joy. Lord, I thank you for my husband and the rest of my family, my blood and my spirit. I will continue to worship you all the days of my life, Daddy. I love you. Blessings and honor. So I just write him letters, and I don't know. I do. I feel like our relationship just grows, and then I reread them, so I hear it out loud. I don't know. It does something, and I think everybody should do it if you don't already do it. It's pretty much amazing. Yeah, that's excellent. That's beautiful, babe. You're precious in my eyes. The apple of my eye. Hey, can you go to, can you go back to Romans 420? Um no, I'm sorry, 416, real quick. In the word it says that the flesh profits nothing. So what Tori is talking about when I was hearing from God, but not necessarily know how to deliver the word of God. Um, this is what it says. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure I wasn't operating in grace because it wasn't that time for me to say what I needed to say. So ultimately, your flesh is always going to reject the word of God because the word says that the word is an offense to the flesh. So even if I was on track with the truth in that time, she might not have been able to receive, which means I wasn't operating in grace. Um, but it says that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Remember when I said when God does it, it's a sure thing. So if Chris gets his hands in it, it may only prosper for a day. It may only prosper for a week. It may only prosper for a year, but it's not a sure thing. But if God touches her and reveals his heart to her, it's a sure thing. I don't even got to say nothing. He's going to change her. That's when it's a sure thing. And then you get to sit back in awe. And I always say this, man, those two years that I really pressed into God, um, and I didn't see very much change in Tori. <laughs> I said, Lord, is this the woman I'm supposed to marry? She did not look like my wife. Um, but in those two years, I'm seeing the fruit in her life for what I sown, which is awesome because you never know when, where, and why God is going to do things he wants to do. And I would just look like, Lord, I'm like on fire for God, man. I would talk to God about God to anybody anywhere. And I didn't care. And I, I barely had any knowledge. I'm just talking about my experiences and stuff like that. And, um, it would annoy her flesh. It would know a lot of people's flesh when you get in something like that. But I was sold out for God because I knew what he did for me. And what you mean, I'm talking about that soul, man. We got to get to a place where he start cleaning up this, this madness up here. Um, but in that, I watched God do a supernatural work, an overnight work in Tori because of what she's sown, but also what I sown. As a man, if we're sowing in the right area, which is life and peace, which is in the spirit, you're going to reap life. And Tori's reaping life in the spirit because of what I sown into the spirit. And it's beautiful. She can really worship and have peace and not have to worry about, you know, what her husband's doing or, you know, me not really following God. Like we're on each other. Like you need to get up and worship or you need to read these type of things. And it's good because in that there's unity. And in that unity, man, we can be so powerful. So that's awesome. Bring it. But when God does it, I'm telling you, it's a sure thing. I put my hands on a lot of things outside of God's will. And it was not a sure thing. And it ultimately led to my destruction, the death of my flesh. And um, it's good because when the flesh is gone, man, you can walk in true power and authority. That's it. And that's what the world wants to see. Somebody who loves and has power and authority to change things in their life. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what Jesus had.
All right, so we were just talking about what relationship do you have with God, which is we want to have intimacy. We want to have friendship with him. We want to have a relationship. We don't want to be fly-by-night folks that only call on God when we're in trouble. How many times do we do that? God, if you just get me out of this one. (laughs) Can you please get me out of this? And he come because he's a saving God. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Savior. So he's going to come to deliver you. But if it's time for the death of that flesh, you may not see him. He wanted to come to his fullness. But we want Jesus to be Lord in our life. When we make Jesus Lord in our life, because when you confess, you say he's Lord, but is it really Lord? Does he have dominion of his soul? When we make Jesus Lord, we can walk in power, authority, and dominion in areas where we used to have no power. We used to have no authority. We used to have no dominion because the word is planted there. That's how you make him Lord. That's why you got to read. That's why you got to worship God and get in his presence. I was telling somebody today, the reason I love worship so much, you have to understand, I was like super in the dark world before I came to Christ, but before I decided to really follow God. Because I got born again when I was like 13, 14 years old. And I was on fire for God for like a year. And then the snare trap came, which is a pretty little girl with nice eyes. And she, you know, snuck up and took me way away from God. I was 10 years off track, y'all. 10 years, you know, because of the flesh. I had an assignment with her, but I couldn't perceive what that was because there was a lack of mentorship. And it's a bunch of different things. But when my test really came, I, I had no resources to to really pass it except God. And when you don't know how to trust in God, man, it's almost like an instant you can be gone. Um, but I was telling somebody today what I love worship about so much that when I came into worship where you sing to God and you get in his presence, it made me not want to go back to those places I used to been in. It says we are, we are purified through worship. So in that worship, even though my mind might not have been renewed in those areas, I know that after I touched God to a level, I couldn't go back to the ugliness, you know? And that's the truth. I mean, you get close to God, you ain't going to want to go back to a lot of things. You're not even going to want to talk the same, you know, because you know what hinders you from really experiencing God. But worship is key in transformation, too, because God can do it in an instant, man. It really takes no time. It's where are we with him? Are we really willing to let go of ourselves, our ways of thinking? All right, it's only by faith. Can you give me 2 Corinthians? We got two more scriptures. 1.24. God can, if he'll do it for one person, he'll do it for another. He's no respecter of persons. I was talking to the same gentleman today, and he said, people look at my life and they say they want this life. Yes, God is not a respecter of persons, but they really know, do they really know what that requires to have that life? He's no respecter of persons, but you mean, are you willing to go through the same thing that other person has to go through? And that doesn't mean, I believe when people get delivered from certain things, like if somebody gets delivered from a drug addiction, sex, whatever it may be, they can pray for somebody and they can receive deliverance. That person can receive deliverance. I believe that because the authority is in them to, you know, cast those demons out and do those different things. Um, But I'm, I'm talking about to really mature in Christ. The anointing is to break the yoke of bondage. It's to expose sin. So outside of that, people still have to make a choice. That's the bottom line. You know, so in our gift from God, which is choices, we have to choose God. And how do we know what the right choice is if we don't know what the word says? That's what the law was for. 
for the lawless and to bring sin to its fullness. Now, when you get that revelation, it'll baffle you because you can meditate on a word in the area where you have weakness. And it seems like that weakness is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. But it's only so it can purge it out of you. You never have to go back to that. That's what the law was for. All right. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. Your mentors, your friends, your people that stand around you in faith, they don't have dominion over your faith. It's on you. Your pursuit of God. Your trust in God. Your relationship with God. But our fellow workers for your joy, they're there to uplift you, encourage you, to let you know that, hey, I've been there and you're going to come through this. But it says, for by faith you stand. That's the only way we stand. And that faith is in Jesus Christ. That's it. That is the biggest faith we have, that Jesus died for our sins and was resurrected back to life, his body and all. Not just his spirit, his body and all. And if we have that faith, man, we know we can overcome anything. That's it. And I said, this is my last scripture. Who most importantly will benefit from this faith? Can you give me Genesis 22, 18? And this is what I was talking about earlier. In your seed, us, he's talking to Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. We are seeds of Abraham by faith. And all the people around us, nation means people, but it can mean nations as well. They shall be blessed because of what is in us, our faith in Christ, our belief in Christ, our experiences with Christ. And in that, he said, they shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Um, I was doing a business and they would say, People will do a lot more for others than they'll do for themselves. If you're trying to rally to get somebody to accomplish something, if you say, yeah, would you mind helping this person out? They may not want to do it for themselves, but they may go beyond and do it for another person. And if it doesn't make you feel good about changing for yourself or taking the pursuit of God for yourself, think about the lives that you'll change. And I think about it like this. When me and Tori encountered each other, God was in me through the regeneration, but I wasn't in God. I mean, I was not pursuing him. But there was an assignment between us two. And through our relationship, we're seeing people in her life experience God at another level. Now, think about if we would have aborted our process. It could still be lost souls. You know what I'm saying? And then my brother, my family, my, my, my entire family, if I would have not stayed in what God was telling me to do, they will not be receiving some of the fruit that they have today, which is really somebody who's going to love them unconditionally. But there are promises that come with a family member, one that will lay down his life for Christ and they will receive unknowingly for that. There's always one in the family. You got to think there's always one in the family. There's always one in the business. There's always one in something that's really going to serve God. And that's the person that's going to die to really choose to serve the living God. And that's what Jesus was for us. He was that one. And then you have leaders. We have a mentor that decided to die for the ministry. So this could be birth. And then you have a man who should die for the birth of his family. Stuff like that for the manifestation of the promises in his family. That's what God did. He was our example. Jesus was our example. So if you won't do it for yourself, 
do it for somebody else. Like I said, man, I, I think I would have pushed harder knowing what she would have received. I would have pushed harder because I wanted it bad for her. You want it bad. You want somebody to experience what you've experienced and more. And in that, man, I'm telling you, you won't even have to say nothing. They'll come up to you talking about God or what God's doing in their life, you know? So I, I encourage you. I know we were talking about faith, but you got to get in that place with God. You do. Yes, you can. Absolutely, baby. I have a Sarah Young Bible, and it's awesome because she has these little, um, uh, what do you call them, quotes? Not quotes, but little like prayers. her prayers, her personal writing. But it's like her talking from God's standpoint. Cool. So it says, <clears throat> the title is called Intimacy with Him. It says, I am Emmanuel, God with you. Your pursuit of me is actually actually a response to my adherent pursuit of you. You don't have to batter down doors between us. Rather, as you open the door of your heart to me, you find me glorious present, gloriously present, having already torn open my door to you. My death on the cross for your sins was significant to open up my door to you permanently. Ever since you trusted me as Savior, your standing with me has been eternally secure. So you need not fear that on a day when your performance is below par, I might shut the door in your face. With my help, you can break out of the narrow enclosure of performance anxiety. I design you to flourish in the, in the wide open spaces of my grace and glory. Where you are, where you are free to celebrate my presence exuberantly. Stand tall and shout praises to me, remembering you are royalty in, the, in my kingdom of never-ending life. I want you to realize how utterly safe you are and my perfect love. You understand that the strength of your love is insignificant to keep you connected with me. You know you cannot rely on your own faithfulness. That's why you must depend on my unveiling provision. Love and faithfulness meet together in me. Moreover, therefore, the sacrifice of my blood, righteousness, and peace kiss each other. Is that? All right, cool. I'm going to pray. Then I, I kind of just want to open up the floor, man, if anybody wants to be prayed for. Um, if someone wants to have a relationship with Christ and also if... You want to kind of experience what we've been talking about in that intimacy and that relationship with God, um, because I, I feel like he'll charge you tonight. Because when somebody has a relationship with God, it can literally rub off on you. That's it. And then maybe the Lord will speak to Tori, give her a word of knowledge for someone and um, whatever you need, it's in the house. You just got to believe and trust. That's what God wants for you. There's no shame here. It says, who believes in Christ, there's no shame. So ain't nobody going to judge you if you come up and want prayer or, or if you want to just be touched by God. Just let God do what he do. And then, you know, we'll, we'll keep it short. We'll let God do what he's going to do. And if you need to take off, take off. And we just thank you for coming. All right. You'll... So you want to give me something soft, Todd, and. Karen, you want to hit the lights? And Tori, just stand up here with me, baby.